You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 250. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 250. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hey, hey, baby doll. Hey, hey, baby girl. Are you ready to talk to the pod audience? I am ready for the pod people. But are the pod people ready for us? Probably not. Probably not, because we're crazy loco. Okay. Okay. Oh, crap. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, boy. Hey, guys. Thanks for hanging out. So today, I am revisiting a topic that we did ages ago, and I thought it's about time that we talk about having tough conversations again. Oh. And we've spent a lot of time all throughout March and a little bit into April, kind of talking about romantic partnerships and relationships. And I thought this is such a great topic for all kinds of relationships and not just having a tough discussion with your romantic partner, but your best friend or your child Mm. or your parents or a sibling or a colleague or whoever else. That's right. And these are the types of things that we kind of fumble through. We're not ever taught how to get our needs met, how to approach people in a way where we can be heard. A lot of the reason why I created Relationship Rx was for that sole purpose. But I thought, let's revisit this. Let's talk about tough conversations. And before we jump into all of it, I do have some really exciting news about something that's coming up end of May. I don't have a ton of the specifics right now, but... I'm going to be doing an in-person retreat. What? Ooh. All I know so far is that I'm doing it by myself this time. And it will probably, it will be happening in October, but I want to start selling it in May so that people can break up payments over a lot longer period of time. That totally makes sense. Yeah, and that's kind of all I know right now. So I'm really excited to dig into a new set of content. So it won't matter if you've done The Tribe or if you've done Relationship Rx or Excuse Me, Your Badass is showing. I want to do brand new stuff. So we'll see Sweet. where it goes. I That's literally all I know. But if you want to be the very first to hear about it and get all of the VIP bonuses and all of that – Get your ass on the VIP interest list. Just go to thejoyjunkie.com slash retreat. And if any of you have ever been on a VIP list of mine, you'll know I I follow through. I take care of you. So if you've ever been on the VIP list for the tribe or for Relationship Rx, you will know you get the best discounts. You get the biggest bonuses, all of the awesome stuff. If you're on that list. So if it's a, even if it's a maybe, go to thejoyjunkie.com slash retreat just so that you could have the opportunity to snag those super sexy deals. I will click the, I'm interested. Yeah. Tell me more. (laughs) Tell me more. Or like Facebook 
my status is it's complicated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do they still even have that? I don't know. I'm even sure. Know. I don't know. Who knows? Don't they pay? No, we don't pay good money for this with Facebook. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I'm so witty. All right. So I think it's time to pass the mic to you. What do you think? Oh, you want to pass it over here? For All right. Pass it over here. I'm pass gonna, it over I'm there. I'm going to pass it over there. All right. We got a little segment coming up called... Would you rather... Yeah, yeah. Today is... Would you rather... Okay. Jello wrestle in the nude... Ooh. In front of your family. Whoa. Or... Yikes. Wear a diaper and act like a baby in front of someone you have a crush on. (laughs) This is a good one. (laughs) It's tough. Tough choices we have. Okay. I had to I had to like up my game. Amy was telling me that I was getting a little little dry. I'm like, I would you rather I specifically said I need more hilarity. Yeah, so I thought this is about as hilarious as it gets. Can you just get a mental picture of yourself? Jello wrestling in the nude in front of your family. Let's okay, just start okay. there. Because I was all in until you said family. <laughs> I have no problem with nudity. I'm right. A, I'm a bit of an exhibitionist in that way. But, right, but, but family, family yeah, though? Yeah, I know, right? And this is... Something about that. There, There's literally not one family member that I would be comfortable with that. No, Yeah, no. Like, not one. Except for... Jody, who's like a sister. Yeah. You know, we consider her a sister, but she's really more like a friend. There there's nobody that nobody I would family, be okay, yeah. but then okay, if I'm wearing a, di- a diaper. Yeah, just a diaper and you have to act like a baby in front of someone you have a crush on. But they is, don't know. Which is you. But they don't know that. They don't know that you're doing it for a would you for, rather? For a would you rather. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, what would you do? I well, you're my crush, so I could Act like a baby in a diaper in front of you. Well, that's probably not fair. We it's pro- not fair. We probably need that's to roll that one back and say it can't be your spouse that you're comfortable with. It's got to be either like a celebrity who you have a crush on. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's that's better. Or even even like somebody you kind of might have a crush on at your workplace. Okay. All right. Which for me, it's like- Someone I'm, other than your spouse. Yeah. Someone other than your spouse. Okay. And you don't have to tell them because that's going to open up a whole can of worms. Right. And you can tell us in after hours. (laughs) After hours. That's right. That's right. So if you did not know, we have a private Facebook group that is called the Joy Junkie After Hours Club. It's over on Facebook. If you just go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club, it will reroute you right over there. And every single Monday, we talk about our would you rathers and everybody gives their reasoning. And sometimes it's extremely elaborate. I'm like, I didn't even think of that. That's Mm -hmm. genius. Pretty cool. And I think there's a little subculture in after hours of people who really pride themselves on finding the loopholes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They really make me think it through before so, I put them out on the on the line there. What would you what would you pick? Well I'm definitely not gonna jello wrestle nude in front of my family. So I would have to dress up like uh in a diaper. I mean that's the only choice here. Well what happens if you are okay so it's just a diaper but can I wear a shirt, I'm assuming? Females would probably want to wear a shirt. Because you said only a diaper. Yeah. Maybe like a bikini diaper. <laughs> a diaper bikini? <laughs> a diaper bikini. <laughs> As they like to say. Uh, who? Who 
exactly likes to say they. that. Nobody likes they to like say to that. They like to say it. No. They do. Okay, well, I think I'm with you, too. Like, I just can't. Like, it's all contingent on that family element of the Jello situation. I know. I Otherwise, know. I'd be all in. Yeah. I'm with you. Like, I'm super. I'm with you. I would much rather act like a baby anyway, so. <laughs> Stop. We'll make it official. Well, we would love to hear what you would rather. So cruise over to the After Hours Club on Facebook and yes. find the thread. We always talk about it every single week. After Hours. That's right. We would love to hear from you. And you know what? We haven't done for a really long time. And mm. I want to take this opportunity to give everybody in After Hours a huge warm fuzzy. Yay! Aww. Uh, yeah, I I really want to give a we warm, had fuzzy. warm fuzzy in a while. It it's been so awesome to have a group of people who are listening to the podcast, and then we get to kind of connect with them. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, oh my gosh, these people actually listen to our show. Oh, it's you know. really cool. So I appreciate you guys coming and hanging out and telling me what you need help on, and it's just it's a really rich, rewarding experience for us. So warm fuzzy to you guys. Yeah, and. I think that's everything. Do you want to jump into uh, how to have tough combos? Well, it's kind of a tough question, but (laughs) of course, let's do it. Okay. So I want to preface this whole thing from a little bit of a distinction between a tough conversation that's really collaborative and a boundary setting conversation. Okay. What we're talking about today is more so when... You're actually invested in the relationship enough where you genuinely want to hear what the other person has to say and you care about their feelings and it's much more of a collaboration. Mm-hmm. Okay. And their feedback really does matter. Now, there are other sorts of conversations that are more about boundary setting. And sometimes there's a hybrid of the two. But if we're talking about kind of the distinction between them, Having a more of a boundaried conversation is more of a cut and dry, here is what I am no longer going to tolerate, and here's how I plan to follow that up. Okay. Here's the things that I will or will not accept from you going forward, and I'm letting you know that. You know, so that's one type of tough conversation, but I'm going to kind of put that to the side. I'm going to link in the show notes to another boundaries pod that would be helpful for you if you're in that sort of a situation. And sometimes they are a hybrid, like I said. So sometimes you're having a tough conversation and there's a boundary inside of that. Okay. But the difference here is that we're we're actually going to be in collaboration with that other person. So for instance, if you do set a boundary with them and they express, okay, here's how that lands for me and this is really challenging over here, you might actually tweak the boundary based off of more information. Mm. Versus if it was just straight up boundary, it'd be like, I'm just letting you know. Okay, so what we're talking about today is going to be more so either a romantic partner, a business partnership, your best friend, maybe a sibling, a child, given like a, a more of an adult child or your parents, somebody where the relationship is somewhat collaborative. You're, you're going to hear them out. You want to hear how this conversation affects them in some way. Okay, sure. All right. So the first item of business is to get really clear and crystallize what your request is going to be before you go into the conversation. In 
the tribe, we do an entire week on this and we focus on what I like to call gearing up. And there's a whole process to gearing up. But this is the idea that we mentally prep and kind of spell out what we're requesting from the other person. Okay. Right? Where you kind of gear up for it. Because sometimes we just go in and just kind of word vomited it out and we, we're not clear about what we're actually asking for from the other person. Now, there are situations where you might not know quite yet what the action step is. I'll give you an example. But what you're requesting is just for that person to hear you out. Mm-hmm. Like, I really would love if you could just hear me out and I really don't need solutions. I'm, I don't need you to try to fix it at all. Kind and I'm preface re- it a little bit. I'm really not trying to be a dick about that. All I'm trying to do is just tell you, I just want to get this out and I'm, I just need to be heard. Yeah. Because a lot of times when you present either a challenging situation that's happening with you or something like that, the instinct for a lot of people is to fix is how can I remove this pain that you're going through? So That's let's, right. if you're unhappy in your job, let me give you all the solutions or let me tell you what I would do mm-hmm. instead of what you really need in the moment. So getting clear about that for yourself ahead of time equips you to go in and ask for what you need, right? Right. So a great example of this would be, let's say you are the breadwinner and you are really, really unhappy in your career choice. And you are really worried about bringing that to your partner because of the implications for them or for your household or your children or things like that. So you might go into that conversation not saying what I am requesting is for me to leave the job or what I'm requesting is that you now make more money. Like it might not be that at all. It might be that you're saying, I've been really uncomfortable in my current career, and I just need you to hear what my experience is like. And then we can craft a solution together. Yeah. I like that. Now, there's other times when you have a tough conversation with somebody, and you do have a very specific request. Like, if it is a collaboration with a partnership, you might say, I am specifically requesting that you take on the operational duties or take those from me because it's just too much or whatever else it might be. Like you might have a very specific task or Mm. thing to change over. Okay. But I want to preface this because a lot of times what happens when tough conversations go awry is because of what we are expecting or desiring or wanting from the other person. And it's usually just to be heard or to be understood or to be seen. And then we're not met with that. And then we get angry. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we're like, I don't. And then we, instead of saying what we really need, we'll go into the place of, well, I can't tell my boss that. Well, I can't. And we counteract their suggestions. Right? Like, so- You bring it to your partner. You don't preface it. Your partner starts telling you all the things you should do to be happy in your job. (laughs) And instead of saying, what I need you to do is just hear me out and hear my perspective, you start counteracting those suggestions. Well, I can't just talk to my boss about that. Well, you don't understand because you're not there. And no, that's not how the organization works. And that's not – and so now you're fighting about the shit that it really is not about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You got off topic there. Yeah. And this is what we do. 
at length in Relationship Rx. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what that whole course is all about. But that is a perfect example of if you're clear from the beginning of what you need from them, even if it's just to hear you out, that can create such a better precursor to the conversation and it alleviates a lot of stress from that other person to feel like they have to find the solution. Yeah. It's usually one of two things. Either they're really uncomfortable because you're talking about something somewhat emotional and that's hard for them to just sit there and not fix it. Or sometimes it does create a lot of relief. So uh, however they feel is valid too, right? Like we're not going to write them off, but you do have to feel as though you can ask for what you need. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Number two, request the time to talk or make sure that it's a good time to talk. For instance, maybe there is something you really want to run by your mom and it is maybe it's something about, I've used this example before, maybe every time she watches your children, she feeds them with foods that you're not happy about. Oh, yeah. Or she teaches them about religions that you don't believe in. I had a a friend of mine who every time her kids would go to her in-laws, she was afraid that her her mother-in-law would have them baptized in a faith that she did not believe in. Oh my goodness. So these are tough conversations, right? Because you're in stark opposition to the other person's belief system or their core value system. And that's usually when we think, okay, I'm not going to get met with the response that I want. So I better either just strong arm them or sweep it under the rug and not address it. Yeah. Just approach it passive aggressively. (laughs) So let's say it's a situation with your mom or your mother-in-law and it's something around how they treat the kids when you're not around. Let's say they give them all of these unhealthy foods that you just do not want them to consume. And your mother-in-law thinks it's absurd, thinks you're being way too ridiculous, thinks that, are you kidding me? Your husband used to eat the worst stuff and look at how he turned out great. Or, you know, she might have all of the excuses in the world, right? And it's not actually about that. And it's also not about fighting about that exact topic. Yeah. It, and that's what you have to really watch out for because it's like bait. Mm-hmm. It, it like baits you in because we have this overwhelming desire to be right and to take people to school and go, actually, if I break down for you the chemical compounds that my children are eating when they are with you, here's what it does to the blood and here's what it does to your energy levels. And here's what we know about it. You know, like you could do all of that, but that is going to be falling on deaf ears because that other person also thinks that they're right. Yeah. Yeah. And especially we go into those conversations and we're adversarial and we're combative and that never allows us to be heard. So if you request a time to talk or if you are in a situation where you can tell the emotions aren't super heightened, maybe everybody's in a really great mood, maybe everybody's over at your place and you and your mother-in-law are are washing dishes together and you're kind of having a bonding moment, that could be a perfect invitation because you're in a good headspace. Both of you are in a good headspace or good energy field to say, hey, can I run something by you? There's been something that I've been wanting to kind of chat with you about. I really think how we say it and what we say is huge. What you are actually saying is 
can I run something by you? I'd love to get your thoughts on something. Right. You're kind of like asking permission almost. Exactly. Do you have a few minutes? Right. Something like that. And if you're not in a good space or you're not, it's not the right time to see if you can set it up for a future date. Like, hey, there's some stuff that I'd really love to run by you. Do you have time to chat tomorrow maybe? Or can I give you a ring? And and you don't have to be super hidden about it. You can be like, no, it's just some stuff that with regards to the kids, I'd love to kind of run by you and and chat about. That sounds so much more disarming than we need to talk about some stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And in our culture and in our society, usually that person ends up reading that message as, I'm in trouble. It's a trap. Mm-hmm. I, it, there's going to be things that I can say and not say, or else I'm going to get in big trouble. And we tend to revert back to being kind of childlike. And that's when we throw stupid ass tantrums, right? Yeah. All right. So first step, getting really clear about what, what your request is before the conversation. Second step, requesting the time to talk or just making sure that it's a good time. All right. Number three, enter into the conversation by owning your shit. Dr. John Gottman calls this a soft startup, and it is the antithesis to a harsh startup. So that's a perfect example, even with the request to talk. We need to talk. Is a harsh startup. Right. Or can I run some stuff by you? Or I'd love to get your thoughts on something is already softer. Mm-hmm. But another way to amplify that when you get into the conversation is to be a little bit vulnerable and to own your piece in the matter. And oftentimes the, your piece in the matter is that you've been upset about something and haven't been vocal to them. Right. So the way it's you just built up. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And they have not been given the opportunity to actually be what you need. And that is a perfect entry point for you to say, you know what, there's been some stuff that's been kind of on my mind. It's been kind of bothering me lately. And I realized that I have never shared that with you. And that's incredibly unfair. So here I am feeling resentful or upset about some things that you probably have no idea how much it's bothering me. And that is completely on me. So I want to just kind of share with you some stuff that's come up. I like that. I, I would, if if somebody said that to me, I would be a lot more open. Right. Like even if I, not even in my response, but just in my like emotional state. Right. You know, I would be much more open to um, having a conversation that started with that. Yes. For sure. Perfect. Good. Then it's working. <laughs> um, but the other piece is you can res- you can also take ownership for what you have or have not said and how you've done so. So let's say up until this point, anything related to food, you just highly criticized your mother-in-law's choices of food. So let's say you're at a family function and you guys are all, you know, making food and she's pulling out you know, cheese in a can and stuff like that. And you're just like, oh, God, you eat that? Ew. You know? Yeah. And so that's how you've been expressing. Passive aggressive. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's something you can own in a soft startup. You can yeah. you can say, I realize, I'm sure you have noticed, I've made just some really 
rude and critical remarks about the type of food that you eat. And, and that's really unfair. And I first just wanted to apologize to you for that. So if there's anything in your behavior that you can kind of own up to and start off with, that is a great, great way to soft start. Absolutely. And really kind of owning like what, how you've presented the information thus far. All right. So that's the next step. Start by owning your shit. And it's usually either what you have said and how you've said it, being passive aggressive, being a little bit more snarky, being more combative, or um, using critical jokes. jokes is another one. Or it's the stuff that you've never, ever given voice to at all. Mm-hmm. I remember bringing something like that to my best friend once and I was so upset. And I will never forget, she said, you sell it really well. <laughs> and that's when I realized she has no idea what's going on on my side of the fence. Yeah. But if I would have come at her just ready to fight, like guns blazing, she probably would not have been able to hear how frustrated I was and the things that were really happening for me. For sure. Okay. That makes sense. Start by owning your shit. Number four. Own your interpretation and ask for clarity. So sometimes when you go into a tough conversation, it is addressing somebody else's behavior and what that means to you. So if we're using that same example, you might say, you know, I I know that I've specifically packed lunches for the kids or I have gone out of my way to make sure that you have the types of foods that I would prefer they consume. And when you choose to take them to McDonald's or when you give them a lot of high fructose corn syrup or when you give them Lunchables or whatever it is, I know this is not your intention or I'm assuming this is not your intention, but it comes across to me like you just do not respect how I parent. It comes across incredibly disrespectful Hmm. to me. What's really happening? Ask for clarity. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Okay. Because a lot of times we make up. We've made up a story. Yeah. We have an assumption of intention. We assume that they disrespect us, that they think we're an asshole parent, so they're just going to do what they think they should do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the story that we then fuel when we don't actually allow them to say what's true for them. Now, mm. you might be met with somebody who goes, yeah, I don't respect you as a parent. And that might inform then more boundaries that you need to establish. Right. You know, and that's that's a totally different thing to come up against. So mm-hmm. what I want you to understand too is that there are absolutely times when you do have a tough conversation and it does not go well. Yes. Because I will yep. tell you this, if you have been a chronic people pleaser, there are a shit ton of people that will not like the empowered you. They will not like the boundaried you. They like you way more when they can manipulate or when they can get their way all the time or when you don't rock the boat. So take all of the responses as information and go, oh, okay, thank you for showing me your true colors and that Mm -hmm, I need to be, I need to walk the line here a little bit better or toe the line a little bit better. I think I've shared this example before when I, when I resigned out of makeup artistry and told my boss that, you know, I've, I've chosen to step down and I want to have a lower profile position and blah, blah, blah. She immediately made me wrong. 
and really was like, how could you do this? So-and-so is on maternity leave and can't you just do this and can't you just do that? And so in my mind, I could have gone into a place of, oh my God, I need to make her happy, but I didn't. I went, thank you so much for proving me right that this was a (laughs) good conversation to have. Right. Because now based off of your response and your unwillingness to work with me or to hear me out is speaking volumes about how much I want to invest in this relationship. Right. So sometimes if a, not always, but sometimes if a tough conversation doesn't go well, it's exactly what you needed to happen in order to shed more light on that particular relationship. So number four, owning your interpretation and asking for clarity. I gave another example of this ages ago where you had said something that I immediately made it mean that you were thinking that I was letting my workouts go. You had said, are you still doing your dates with Dylan? Dates with Dylan was a yoga guy who I would would do these yoga videos for him. And I started calling them my dates with Dylan. Well, Mr. Smith goes, are, are you still doing your dates with Dylan? And I was like, well, n- no, not as much. And then in my head, I made that mean. I interpreted that to mean Mr. Smith <laughs> thinks that I am lazy and I'm getting fat and he's not attracted to me anymore and he thinks I'm gross. And I started creating this whole interpretation oh, yeah. of it. Big story. And I could have responded to him from that place. Right. If I responded to you from that assumption, it's usually biting. It's usually defensive, casting judgment on you, making you wrong. Instead, I asked for clarity and I said, babe, here's where I just went with that. I made that mean and I told him the whole story. And he was like, oh my gosh, no, I just had a bunch of stuff in the living room where you typically work out and I wanted to make sure I moved it out for you if you were going to work out today. Yeah. So the intention that that I assumed versus what his true intention was were polar opposites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that doesn't happen unless you give somebody the opportunity to give you clarity. So you share with them like, okay, when when you say this or when you've done that, use this language. Here's what I make that mean, or here's what happens in my head, or here's how I interpret that. Here's what I heard you say. Here's what how this lands. Here's what I heard you say. I even did this the other night. You know, we were talking about investments and saving for retirement. And and I said, when you say that, here's what I hear. This is what I make that mean. And we had to get like kind of get on the same page with our language almost. But that wouldn't happen if we didn't create room for it, right? Yep. Okay. Number five is then to deliver what you are requesting or what you are asking. So if we're going back to the mother-in-law example, you in that scenario, you probably do. That is a bit of a boundary. You probably have a very specific request there. It, and that is, I would really like to ask you again, and I don't know if I have not portrayed this as serious as it is to me, if I pack food for them, please only allow them to eat the food I've packed. Or please do not go to this restaurant, this restaurant, this restaurant in particular. Or something that is, you can quantify it. You know, it's very easy to say, yes, I did it, or yes, I did not do it. Or no, I did not do it, rather. Yeah. 
that's incredibly important when you when there is a very specific request. You have to be extremely clear. So for instance, if you are wanting to have a conversation with your partner about intimacy or about your sex life or something like that, and it's really touchy and it's difficult and you're challenged because you aren't happy and you're afraid that that's really going to create an uncomfortable feeling for them. You don't want to hurt them, all of that stuff. And you want to be able to work through it, right? So in those situations, it might be, here's what I am asking. Here's what I am requesting. I would love for us to try this game, this like sexual game that kind of spices things up. I would love to try this in the bedroom. Mm, I would love to see if we can do like a date night. You know, we we have notoriously called our date nights dinner and do it where <laughs> it's, you know, sexy time is on the agenda and we bring our A game, right? So there could be a ton of different things. It might be, I really want to see a sex therapist together. And then that will very much inform number six, which I'm going to tell you in a second. But be clear about what you are requesting from that person. So no matter what it what it is, whether there is something specific, like please don't feed my kids this food, or please take on the operations of the company, or here's what I want for our sex life, or it might be just, I need to get this out into the space. I just need you to listen. Sometimes that's the request. So keep that in mind as well. Number six is be ready to collaborate and really hear the other person. This is huge. We know that anytime we want change from our partner, we want them to do something differently, or we want our mother-in-law to do something differently, or our colleague or our best friend, they will not do things differently unless they feel heard and understood. That's right. We know scientifically, it has been proven by a good old Dr. Gottman, that we will not make change or it's highly unlikely that we will not change if we don't feel understood. So if we take that sex example, let's say you're talking with your partner and you say, what I specifically want to do is go to see a sex therapist. Maybe that's your request. Okay. Number six is ready to collaborate, and genuinely hear the other person out. So this is what can be really sticky when you bring a specific request to somebody and you are incredibly attached to it. Like really, the only way this is going to be successful is if you do what I want. And there are certain situations where you do need to be like that. Like the example with the mother-in-law and feeding your kids something you don't want them to to consume. That might be a deal breaker for you. There might not be collaboration there. There may not be wiggle room there. That's up for you to decide in each and every scenario. But I would say that it would behoove you to at least be open to a counteroffer or an alternative suggestion from the other person. Hmm, let me okay. tell you let me tell you how it usually goes down. You tell your partner, "I would really like us to go see a sex therapist. I think there's stuff that we could both really unpack and I'd really love to connect with you more. Maybe you you present it in the loveliest way, soft startup, you own your shit, all of that." And they're like, "That is so ter- terrifying to me and I do not want to err 
our personal stuff with some stranger. And then the other person gets fucking pissed. You don't love me. You don't, you're not listening. You're, you don't care about what I want, blah, blah, blah. And what's happening right there is a complete lack of understanding about what each of the, each of the people think about that as a solution. Hmm. And there's zero opportunity to collaborate. So if you were in that scenario as the person saying, Hey, I would love for us to see a sex therapist. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Like, what do you think when I, when I say that? And then the other person, their job is to say how they genuinely feel about it. If you ask somebody how they genuinely feel about it, you don't get to vote on how they feel. You don't get to tell them that's the wrong way to feel. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You can share that it's different than how you feel, but you do not get to tell somebody that how they're feeling is wrong. That's just like, that's like telling somebody they're not supposed to sweat. Or the way your hair grows is wrong. Emotions are a part of our makeup, of our spirituality, a part of our physical makeup. Truly, it's a part of how we function and it's designed for a very specific purpose, for messaging for us. So you do not get to tell somebody how their feeling is wrong. You can say, "That's that's really, really interesting. I don't tend to feel that way about it or I don't tend to see it in that light or my experience is extremely different than that. Mm-hmm. That type of language acknowledges that you feel differently, but that you also heard that they have something going on that's different than you. So if we're talking about the collaboration piece in that scenario, it might be something like your partner saying, wow, that I really don't want to do that. I don't like the idea of stranger hearing all of our personal stuff and blah, blah, blah. Okay. So the other partner, now your job is to collaborate to say, okay, I, I so hear you. And you know, that's interesting. I, 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 I recognize I, I feel way more open. I feel safe with a therapist or somebody who we would really trust, but I want to respect that that doesn't feel good to you. What yeah. would, what are your ideas? What would you th- what would you be willing to try? What would feel safe to you? What would you be comfortable with? Our sex life is fine. Yeah. For you. Right. Yeah. So in that situation, you might say, you know, I really I really appreciate that that's your perspective. And what I'm asking is just for you to hear me that it it hasn't been as fulfilling for me. And these are the issues. And I would really love to rectify it. I would love to come together. I would love to, like, maybe <laughs> figuratively or <laughs> literally. <laughs> but I would like for us to connect more. And I and if you can act from a place of vulnerability there and actually say what it's about for you, that it's not just I want to get my kicks, but, mm-hmm. like, I genuinely want to connect with you on a deeper right. level. Right. And it's about the it, it's a and, and outside of romantic partners, you can say the same thing about anybody that you're working with, or not that you're seeing a sex therapist, but um, that you're collaborating with them to find a solution. Right. Right. Yes. That's really at the end of the day what you're trying to get to in in this point number That's six right. That's is right. how do we collaborate here? I've been vulnerable. I've been clear about what I want. How do we find a solution to it? That's right. Right? And these are the situations where sometimes 
you don't get the ideal situation that you want. Sure. Right? Like, it, just because you have a really thought out, flawless delivery of a tough conversation does not mean we can control the result or that we can control that other person. Yeah. But I do think it is worth it. It is always worth it to give voice to your wants, opinions, and needs because it sends a massive message to your subconscious that you matter just as much as them and that you deserve to have your voice heard. Now, a situation like what I was talking about with the mother-in-law, there may not be collaboration. You might hear them out about her perspective around food or that she really doesn't think that it's that serious. And you can still stick to your guns and say, I so understand that you have a different perspective on it and you are absolutely allowed. I'm going to really dig my heels in with this one. I care so much about this issue and about what my kids consume that it's going to be a pretty hard line for me. Yeah. Right? Right. And you, you have to set your boundary. And you can say it like that, right? Mm -hmm. So in each situation, you get to decide, is it a deal breaker? Is it a hard, hard line? Or are you really open to a lot of different ideas? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right? Okay. So number one, getting super clear about your request before the talk. Number two, request the time to talk or make sure it's a good time. Number three, start by owning your piece in the matter, owning your shit. Number four, really take ownership of your interpretation of this turn of events or the scenario, you know, or how okay. you how it lands for you. Mm -hmm. And then ask for clarity. Number five, be clear about what you are asking for and actually deliver it. And then number six, be ready to collaborate and really hear that other person and their perspective. Yeah, I think that's the point I want to kind of drill on a little bit. You know, in business or in any relationship, really. Like I just went to a network meeting and, you know, a, a lot of people are will talk forever about themselves, right? Like I, my agenda at this meeting is to let you know what I do and how you can help me get clients. Mm -hmm. right? Instead of looking at it like, I really just want to know who you are. I want to hear you. I want to be authentic and true with you and figure out what kind of a person you are. Right. And then I have a much better buy-in on whether we can do business together. It doesn't really matter what you do. Right. Right? I don't really care what your business is necessarily. I want to know the person that I'm dealing with, right? And once I understand you and once I'm understood... Now, business is easy. That's right. right. Because I know that I can trust that person with my yeah. referrals and vice versa. Right. Right. So that understood part. It's huge. And listening part. There's a difference between hearing and listening. Yeah. When you hear something, you're like, oh, I heard a noise. When you listen, you are absorbing the content that yeah. is coming to you. Yeah. Right. So listening to people. And really listening, not thinking about what your next thing that you need to say is. Yes. Is super important. Absolutely. Well, one of the pieces of that, one of the skills that you're talking about right here is curiosity. Yes. And that, when when I was learning how to be a coach, the skill of curiosity was a huge piece of it because... When I would be working with a client and I would start to go into this place where I started to think about, am I asking the right questions? Am I being the good coach? Am I da 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 da? I'm totally disconnected from what they're going through, what they're feeling, what their emotional state is. Yep. 
But the, if I stay in curiosity, it's also a great antidote to judgment. Mm-hmm. Is if I can stay in judge or stay in curiosity, like, wow, that is so interesting that that's your perspective on food or that's your perspective on politics or that's your perspective on child rearing or on essential oils or seeking therapy. If you can be curious and really find out more information from them, like you were talking about, that is such great fuel for collaboration. Yeah. It, it kind of educates you on how to tailor what you do or, or what the relationship is. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Well, good stuff. Thanks for a good chat, Mr. Smith. You are so welcome. It was a very thorough conversation. <laughs> it wasn't tough convo at all. So there you have like kind of a little cheat sheet of what it looks like to have a challenging conversation with somebody. And again, if you know that you want to retreat with me or meet in person and you want to hear about all of the delicious, sexy bonuses and freebies and discounts, go to thejoyjunkie.com slash retreat and we will be sure that you're the first person to hear about it. Otherwise, come hang out with us all up in the club on Facebook. And you can find all the links, anything mentioned here in the show notes. And I think that's it. Anything else you wanted to add? No, I think I've added plenty. You've been great. Thank you. Oh, thank you. You're great too. Yeah. yeah. No, you. This is an easy conversation. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. So we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out.